0: Welcome to
1: Second Star to the Left, the podcast and everything fantastic, strange, and science fictional. I'm your host, Matt, with my co hosts. I'm Bert i'm katie welcome to this week's episode we're talking wilford brimley appreciation station everyone hop aboard uh but before we get into that we're gonna talk some listener questions or question uh this week you know the 2016 matt
2: why are you a dj why are you like a morning dj
1: (laughs) because i'm so reclined and relaxed right now (laughs) You I can't see this at home, supreme. but Matt is
0: practically like at a forty-five degree angle, or I guess what's it's the opposite? So this is Whatever the opposite is, forty-five would be really uncomfortable.
1: Fifteen?
2: <laughs> no, you have to subtract uh, from one eighty.
1: I'm, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm making too well, so geometry. He, I'm going to be honest with y'all. I do like the idea of so get back in the game, shock
0: jock Matt. That that sounds really great to me.
1: Welcome to second star <laughs> to the left. Katie and Bert with the mat in the mornings. <laughs> oh my
2: god. this is why the nail clippers come in, because <laughs> you have to have all the stupid fully sound effects <laughs> like that and farts. That's how it, we roll here.
1: Oh, like I just imagine like our podcasts if we had guests on that are like, Well, that's really boring. Clip, 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 clip This is a second star in the morning. <laughs> So, uh, this week, we're talking Cocoon, but we have listener questions. So, a uh, listener uh, wrote in to us uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, it's, you know, kind of like a lot of people are doing end-of-the-year stuff, um, like some 2019. And they wanted to ask us, what was your favorite piece of like science fiction, fantasy, speculative fiction in 2019? What did you really enjoy?
0: Uh, dark.
1: Could be a book, TV show, whatever.
0: It's the show Dark on Netflix, which... I don't think my co hosts have watched yet, but it's really fucking good. To be fair, I'm so like more. halfway through the first expanse book and it's it's uh it's it's work.
1: <laughs> so what Bert doesn't know is that Katie and I have already decided that we're gonna do an expanse rewatch series walkthrough and Bert's gonna watch the series with us in a week by week podcast. Specialty for our Patreon only subscribers. I have
0: to read the books
1: first. Exactly. Yes, no, it's a ways away, but it's coming. God. So
0: it's work already um, yeah
1: go yeah. on katie katie what's your favorite piece of sff for 2019
2: mm, i mean i finished uh i guess started and finished tiamat's wrath um so Expans really book that. Eight. yeah expanse book eight i wouldn't say i liked the witcher per se but i liked all of the extremely horny memes that came out of it so that's a good plus i think it's a close second it's just like you know fantasy ass and leather yeah on netflix That's good that's solid yeah
1: you know it's been interesting because 2019 has had the conclusion of some of the shittiest movies and tv shows series i've ever seen the rise of skywalker was absolute dog shit so it was the end of Game of Thrones. And so I'm more like impressed by how bad 2019 was. And like Avengers Endgame was extremely boring. And my hot take is that in ten years we'll look back on it unfavorably, even more so than we do now. Cool. What'd you like? <laughs> <I> no. <know. laughs> I'd probably say for me, out of the various things, I mean the expanded season four is pretty solid, but I wouldn't say it's like really great. I think something I appreciated more than I thought I would is Glass. It was the serious conclusion to uh, M. Night Shyamalan's um, unbreakable split in Glass. And it wasn't very good, but I found myself really taken with the end message. The idea of finding incredible capacity within yourself and others. And that through showing your incredible gifts, other people will be inspired too. I find that really inspiring. I like that. It makes me feel good.
0: So it's not Enterprise or whatever the Star Trek and whatever. What's Star Trek like Discovery what? was also Discovery pretty bad. Discovery.
1: Uh, Picard, as we're recording this, Picard is about to come out. Hopefully it will not suck.
0: It looks bad. Anyway.
1: On to Cocoon.
0: Uh, speaking of elderly people, I don't know, captains? <laughs> Just Brian Denny. Oh,
1: Brimley, my Brimley.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs>
1: From the farthest corner of a distant galaxy and the deepest feelings of the human soul comes a fantasy to fill your heart. I feel tremendous! I'm ready to take all the world It is everything you've dreamed of. It is nothing you expect. I can keep a secret. I won't tell anybody. It's hard to know who to trust. It is the mystery of an awesome secret. It is the miracle of everlasting life. We'll never be sick.
0: We won't get any older and we won't ever die. Beyond the innocence
1: of youth and the wisdom of age lies the wonder of Cocoon. So, uh, for the listeners who may not have seen this incredible and actually quite charming film, I'm Really impressed, actually, with how much I enjoyed this movie because I didn't expect it. What started at Bert yelling at us You're welcome. to watch this movie has evolved into my love and appreciation for a really quite charming science fiction film. This is the first time I saw it; loved it. what did y'all think?
0: It was all right. <laughs> I like being the person that recommended it, and then having you be like, "It was so great! I was so proud of blah blah blah." I'm like. Yeah, it's fine.
2: It was also my first time watching it all the way through. Um, It was surprisingly compassionate and tender, like way more than I was expecting for a lot of like sci-fi movies during that time. Um, I was expecting, I guess, like a lot of like, I don't know, more predictable tropes. Um, I expect
1: to be a lot more mocking of the old people.
2: Yes, yes. I was expecting that too, um, instead of it like being shown in such a caring way. Um, so I was really impressed. Um, I, I've always known, like, essentially the, the story of Cocoon. Like, everyone, like, sort of kn- knows that. Um, but I didn't think a movie could be both, like, really, uh, compassionate, its portrayal, uh, and also so unbridled with its horniness mm-hmm. all at the same time. So, congrats to Cocoon for that.
1: Have either of you seen this before? No. I have not. Uh, not like... Outside of, like, I think, like, sci fi channel, like, uh, edited TV afternoon type series. See, when I was like, a- like, I've, in my head, what Cocoon was, was there's these pods, it makes people feel young, all the old people get horny, mm-hmm. and of course, like, old people being sexual is super gross, mm-hmm. hence the humor, mm-hmm. and then not you, you don't really like how it concludes, who knows, but the point is that. It's old people getting sexual, and that's really gross. Mm-hmm. And this movie was not about that at all.
0: Nah, it was for a little bit, like a montage, like for a li- maybe a couple montages, but that's about it.
2: A little bit, but I don't think it was done in like a mocking way.
1: Like, like I'm, I
2: tried it's to imagine mocking, this It's not mocking,
0: but it's definitely a little comedic. It's, it's more p- comedic because it's like. It's hey a, it's,
1: it's something it's you wouldn't boners. expect that's it's not
2: like no it's boners yeah. and i think it's because boners are always funny for sure well, it's also
1: making a commentary on sex like older sexualities like that's the start of the film like they they start talking about the various uh women they've hooked up with and things like that and like that's already starting to play with i think a social and cultural expectation that like old people are not sexual which is false
2: Especially when you look at STD rates within nursing homes, <laughs> the,
1: the, the villages. Say? I'm yeah. sure Katie knows all about that.
0: I, I mentioned in the group DM that I'd have to bring up the villages, which is a, a little weird town in Florida where they use like nothing but golf carts, and it's all old people, and they have, like the highest STD rate. And like, well, it was reported they had the highest in the country for a while.
2: Uh, well, most like senior care facilities do have like yeah. skyrocketing STD rates.
0: Oh, I asked if you guys had seen this. So when I was a kid. I had a VHS tape with this. It was like one of those where somebody recorded it off of TV or something. Or they did a copy off of a VHS. I don't know. But it was this and batteries not included. It was like the Jessica Tandy Hume Crone Mega Mix. (laughs) I'm
1: surprised I didn't have um, also with it number five is alive. I've never heard of that. Short Circuit? Oh, Short Circuit, of course. But uh, that feels like the perfect, like, it's a third good, disc yeah. to it this series. It might like, have, but I, I
0: never, it, it wasn't on the label and I never made it that far. But um, because honestly, these were older people movies. I mean, I still had fun watching them, but I kind of took away what Matt did, which is, oh, the old people are horny. This is weird. I don't remember really what happens outside. Well, of that, that.
1: That, that That was my impression of watching it on the Sci Fi Channel. Right. I actually think, like, watching like the full film. It's incredibly, as Katie mentioned, tender because it's actually not about sexuality per se. It's about life Mm -hmm. and how you relate to people and how other people are like, as you grow older, how your life changes and like what happens when you get to kind of reverse that frailty and like how people have grown old together and like how you build that codependence like. The relationships in this movie are just still like mind-blowing to me and we can talk about I think it's Jessica Tandy right and Hume Crone who are they're
0: married like, in real life they were married for a very long time
1: um, and their relationship in this film is incredible like the acting portrayal is just like my god
0: well can I go off on a weird tangent then um I mean it's not really that tangential but so this movie got two Oscars I think um it got yeah. It got uh, visual effects, which, hey, you know, they're pretty good, especially for the time, whatever. And Don Amici got best supporting actor. Uh, okay. Which, that's kind of my response is, I mean, great, but, like, he's not doing that much in this movie. I mean, he does, granted, he does backflips into a pool in slow motion, and he pretends to breakdance for sure, you know? <laughs> but, like,. Hume Crone and Jessica Tandy are like doing the heavy lifting in this movie they're they're the real actors they,
1: they are they're an aspect though just like one slice of yeah
0: but if you're gonna give supporting I would probably have went with supporting actress for Jessica Tandy but even if you were gonna go supporting actor I would probably put Hume crone above Don amici I mean I, I think it's more of a case of what the Oscars do where it's like, uh, it's, it's their time, you know, it's a feel good thing with Don Amici. Sure. Yeah. I feel like it's more like that, but definitely I feel like they, they're the, the better actors in the movie. Um, with the tenderness though, I mean, you are totally right. Like I will say this movie has more going for it than you would expect. It's if, if somebody was to tell you it's the the alien movie with the horny old people, you'd be like, Oh, that doesn't sound very good. And then, well, like also,
1: I mean, like Steve Gutenberg is not it. Like he's not Steve bad. Steve Gutenberg, like classic eighties funny man. Like if I, if you tell me the premise and say Steve Gutenberg is in it, I'm like, transported into a place where there's like uh, wacky montages, right. and this is like right next to like Caddyshack, right. and you know every other like quintessential eighties gross out comedy. Right. Well, what I would say and it's is not that at all.
0: Right. The 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 tenderness aspect of it makes it better than it could be, but I feel like it's a double-edged sword because it's better than it could be. The ending is, it's a little much uh, on the tenderness scale.
1: It's very neat. Like, it's like too neat and tight. I feel
0: like this is kind of two different movies and one of them is the tender movie and one of them is a very sad, depressing movie. And...
2: Right. Yes. And they cut that because at first I... Like, it, it did... I was kind of hoping it would do a little bit more with the exploration of, like, you know, what it means to be alive now and, like, mortality, embracing it, because, like, you know, their friends do die and um, things like that. But the whole ending of, like, and then you'll just live forever exploring and being teachers. Okay, bye. I was just like, uh, hmm. Yeah.
0: It's a it little too feel question. good for me. Yeah.
1: It, it dodges the question, like, that it sort of introduces you at the start of the film, which is, like, what do you do with your time now? Like their friend is the perfect example of that. Like he dies, and he throws this question of mortality in their faces. Like not him personally, but just like right. his death passing puts this question to them. And the answer the film presents to you is, well, aliens are going to come and they'll let you live forever. It'll be cool. I, I feel like it's, about dying.
0: I feel like it's a religious analogy. Because there's definitely the part, okay. the the part where Wilfred Brimley is talking to Bastion Bucks from Neverending Story, and and they're talking about uh how he's gonna go, he's he's gonna leave and he won't be be able to come back, but blah blah blah. It's very like the talk about how Grandpa's gonna die, except he's going to space. So I feel like it's like, oh, do you <laughs> see?
1: This is, and this is how Wilfred Brimley ascended as a saint. Well. <laughs> who never died? But but
0: that's like the is Wilfred Brimley dead? No, I don't no, think
1: not he is. Yeah, no. But I'm saying like I know. But this film it creates a, an opportunity for him to be canonized. Really,
0: the the thing is though is I, I the feel like that the th- film
1: is good. The ending is very <laughs> much
0: like 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 let's have our cake and eat it. It's it's it it feels oh, yeah. a little sanctimonious, and the transition to the end doesn't really make sense because like the old people find out that there's the these pods in the pool and when they go in the pool they feel younger and then they brian dennehy is one of the aliens and he confronts them about it and then they agree to keep it a secret he agrees to let them use it and then the other old people eventually find out the secret through numerous shenanigans and then brian dennehy kicks them all out when when you know there's a big bunch of nonsense well, point yeah. The
1: point is that uh, Brian Dennehy, as an alien came back to Earth to rescue aliens that had been left right. behind, and they're trying to recharge the pods, which is the cocoons themselves, with their life force, right, to power these aliens so they can take them home.
0: Right. But there's a big scene where like all of the old people find out. They all storm yeah. the pool. Brian Dennehy comes back. He's like, "Everybody out of the pool. Get out of here." And then like he opens the pod, and one of them's basically like dead, right?
1: Yeah. Okay. Not, not quite, but
0: like, but they're, they're dying. not revived at all. Okay, so that's like a end of Act Two for a different movie. It because after that, it it doesn't really make sense for Brian Dennehy to be like, "Wow, that sucks." Well, you guys want to come along with me? It's 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 just a total mood shift. Well, yeah. I know.
1: But well, because like Act Three, as you describe it, is Brian Dennehy being like, "Well, we came back to revive our friends." But we can't now because you guys sucked all the energy out of it. So that's fine, and we'll just go back home and do this over again, like in ten thousand years, or whatever. Do you want to come you along? What sucked us the this
0: energy time? out of this forever? I think it's pretty fucked to be like that's fine, period, because it's really not fine. Like I no, think, no, no,
1: but th- that's that's the movie. Like I, know. I totally agree, it's fucked. I I feel like it would. It tries to have its cake and eat it too in yes. multiple ways.
0: I feel like it would be a better movie, and I this is a little crazy of me to say, but if you took. The Steve Gutenberg out stuff, the Steve Gutenberg stuff out entirely. I love Steve Gutenberg in this movie. He's he's more charming he than I would cut have thought.
1: as fuck, huh? Oh my god, Steve Gutenberg is a rack of ribs. That you just want to tear okay, into. Okay,
0: well that's not what I meant,
1: but <laughs> but that boy is lean. Okay.
0: What happened in the
1: eighties? Everyone's lean like that. Oh my well, god, they couldn't do. I don't know. I don't think they were. We doing. We talked about this in the group DM. I think it's because there's lack of sugar. High corn syrup, I don't think
0: they were doing roids then. unless they were bodybuilders or wrestlers either so it's just kind of like if you got in shape you actually got in shape um, but regardless of that like I feel like if you took Goots out of this movie and you made it to where because all that stuff explains the plot for you like oh there's aliens and that's what the pods are if that stuff wasn't in they just went to the pool they found the pods they didn't know what they were but they felt younger then it's like more like a mystery plot and then once mm-hmm. they figure out what the, that they've screwed over the aliens, it's more like, a, okay, now we have to reconcile the fact that we're going to die and there is no way out. That would be a lot better of a movie and a more interesting movie, but it has well, that, to be family fun with boners. Well, that or some kind of- <laughs>
2: How is it family fun? You know what I like, mean. Steve Gutenberg literally says, oh, those dolphins look horny. That's
0: the thing, though, is it doesn't fit together to have like an E.T. ending with Bastion Bucks trying to go with the old people. And to have boners at the beginning, it, it doesn't really like gel. And, and to have all the like, like Bernie uh, trying to save his dead wife, like it's 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 too all over the map. It's too many things. Just keep it serious and kind of grim for sure, or have it light hearted and tone down I think the horniness. Be comedy
1: in it though, like I think yeah. the I, I, I think you can make it almost like a tragic comedy of like. I think what, what's missing for me is the impact of the old people realizing that their their life and, and sustenance, as it were, or, or rejuvenation, was predicated on someone else's suffering. Right. Like, that should be an impactful moment, and it's not really in the film. And Brian Dennehy is, like, way too cool with what just Everything. happened. Yeah. Like, you spent 10,000 years of your life coming back to Earth only to be like, well, I guess ten thousand years back, and they'll come back in ten thousand years to pick them up again. That is that is such a, a cost, and I just wish that there's a little more weight to that, for them to like, for them to maybe draw a connection between the passing of their friend at the start of the film and the denial of their of the the aliens like Brian Dennehy's ability to rescue his friends, um, something like that. I don't. I appreciate the humor though particularly at the start of the film. like I think the quote-unquote horniness of the film really gives a lot to it. It makes it charming, and it humanizes these old people in a way that gives them agency that I, I don't see in films. I cannot imagine them making this film in 2020. I just can't. I cannot imagine something like this coming out that is willing to give the range of life to an older person in the way that this film does. Not without being like some kind of indie film.
2: Right. Um, and, Or they all had to actually be like secretly hot. Like, uh, yes. Three <laughs> three. <laughs> like you couldn't have like actual. You know what I mean? Like it's it's like they'd all have to be like Don Amici or better. Um Yeah. Like, that's the bottom of the seen. barrel. That's
1: like oh man. Don't uh, yeah. look like Don over there. They'd
0: get George Clooney or something.
1: Yeah, it'd be George or, or
2: like something like that, right? Like it'd have to be like someone that you could imagine getting horny with, right? Like it's just I don't know. You're right. We, as we've gotten older, as I guess like as millennials, we've gotten older. We've also become like way more detached and terrified of like aging and mortality. So um, yeah, I can't imagine this film being done today because i think it's just too scary of a prospect for some people you know especially considering how we like i hate to say it as a society <laughs> um tend to tend to relegate you know the elderly we put them in homes like that's something i consider a lot about like you know how like i was often uncomfortable around like my elderly relatives and i think it's because like they just weren't in the picture a lot like Um, either they didn't live in the same state and so I didn't see them very often, or if they did, they were usually in homes or in care facilities. Um, so like aging and the elderly was, weren't something brought around very often, um, for me. So it took me a while to sort of like get comfortable with that. Mm Um, you know, it's pretty messed up because in a lot of other countries or like, I guess not even, even in here, just certain people will take more time to show more compassion and. Um, they take care of the elderly in their family. I think about that a lot. I also think about how like dying used to be part of something that happened at home, and now you don't see that happen very often these days. So I, I've gone on a tangent, but um, it would like to see something of a remake like that these days to sort of sort of like bring back like normalizing getting old because hey, it's going to happen to us all, and you know unless we die of you know climate disaster, um, <clears throat> tragically uh you know bring that back bring back you know how we interact with the elderly um how we deal with aging and mortality bring back dying in the home and not in some sterile um hospital bed just because someone got old like you know it is
1: even that like as we're talking about this like i'm thinking of who was their friend at the start of the film who passed away
2: i can't remember it's just some guy you weren't really yeah yeah at the
1: start of the film you know one of their friends passes away and i can't even imagine what it would be like to live in that kind of village the sense of i don't think i'd enjoy a place like that this sort of like artificial place like bert you mentioned like you know just drive around in golf carts all the time yeah. but i also can't imagine like living in a that kind of culture or society where people dying is almost like a given you know like yeah, you're I mean, that age
2: you get shuttle sho- shoveled off to die yeah
1: well, coming
0: so, coming from Florida, this is this was shot in St. Petersburg. It's just I've I, I remember I've literally been to like a restaurant where like the ambulance just showed up and showed up and carted off somebody because they died because there's just a lot of old people like everywhere. It's it's gonna happen. Yeah.
1: Um. But but that's something like I don't reckon with. Like I, I yeah. This movie. Made me sort of confront my own mortality. I think in a way of putting myself in that perspective of an old person, and Ooh. that's why I really liked it. I mean, granted yeah. the third act and yeah, all that yeah, kind yeah. of stuff. Like aside, it's bad. And Wilfred Brimley's character to me is a bit too like easy. I like, think he's, just he's kind of not a nice guy. doing
0: much acting. Yeah, he's really going but, through the motions. Yeah,
1: but but this idea like putting myself in these people's experiences to have sympathy for them to like grasp onto this rejuvenation yeah this experience of being in this pool and like how important it is for them the movie succeeds so well at explaining the stakes for them you know the, the different ways that they engage with it yeah it lets you know wilford brimley and his wife off the hook i think kind of easily and lets the whole story like the, the the crux of the conflict off the hook right but i loved how compassionate and it put me in that space of thinking about growing older and what's the experience of like of being an old person
0: yeah i think the strongest thing about this movie is that it's essentially like a reverse coming of age story
1: because it's it's just
0: you just take a lot of old people who feel young and then like go through their adventures being old and there's really not bastion bucks is in it i'm just going to keep calling him that because i don't remember his actual name but he's in it he's he's in he kind of bookends the movie but he's not in it most of the movie his parents are like barely in it
1: like they're not relevant characters they're not
0: no. relevant at all and so like really you don't really see the connections of these you you don't see these characters as grandparents most of the time especially not parents they're just people they're just people living their lives like disconnected from that because a lot of times when you see old people in movies it's like oh whose grandpa yeah. is that
1: well that's exactly the point like I was yeah. gonna say is like they're not grandparents so like right. the, their grandparent is not their identity. that was even refreshing to see because that's what people are in movies
2: yeah especially like for me like having to check up with a lot of stuff like um you know i'm not saying that i'm i'm quite up there in years yet but like you know i'm i'm in my mid-30s um I'm you know getting closer to 40 i'm single i'm not gonna have kids like i'm not gonna be a grandparent like you know or i'm very likely not going to be a grandparent this movie was important to me because like again to like sort of see that like oh yeah like you know it's not like once I get old everything's just fucking done um despite like you know how we might tend to like want to alienate ourselves (laughs) uh from aging and and all of those things that are considered like unsightly but like like I've even found myself like being like oh well you know, maybe if I get a raise, I can get like some of those like injections, like my face could look younger. And I'm like, God, what the fuck am I thinking? And, like, <laughs> this is so. But I mean, like to be fair, like this is like the beauty standard of right. of a lot of like femmes is, especially like being single. Um, still got to still got to trick a man into loving me. Um, sort of uh, expectation, um, or whatever. So, but like you know, I'm I'm in the point or of, of my life where I feel like I'm in the best shape I've ever been in. I actually really like who I am. I'm active. I'm extremely horny all the time, too. But I'm not in, like, you know, the peak of my youth either. Granted, I'm I'm not, like, quite, like, elderly yet. I mean, I guess by most people's standards, I hope. Um, but, like, you know, that's a, it's a good reminder to be like, oh, wait, well, like, you know, even without aliens, with their chill-ass, you know, cocoons or whatever, um, you could still have a pretty like full and fulfilling life that's full of you know being alive. So,
0: are we all in our mid thirties?
2: <laughs> I'm er- the oldest of all 30s? of us. I'm the eldest <laughs> sure. out of all three of <laughs> Do I'm them. Do you not quite uh, too... buy
1: that? <laughs> I break it down into like there's you, you round up to thirty five. And then when you're they you end up you. To forty. So. <laughs>
2: what? Fuck you. fuck you.
1: We both hate so you now. You're you're kicked I'm, off I'm the 30, show I'm thirty three, so I can still kinda of round down. No, you're year- rounded yeah. up too,
0: fucker. Why are you doing that to yourself yeah. and me? Anyway. Uh what I was you're saying. You're
2: two years from thirty five uh, and three years from thirty, so. Uh.
0: Uh, mid thirties is your prime, folks. That's what I what I'm gonna say. It should you're
1: be still seen single. That way. So fuck. <laughs>
2: i mean like to be fair this is how long it is for like a lot of uh, like millennials to finally like get established yeah um not even like i mean look at us like most of us are still like kind of like getting by paycheck to paycheck or like not quite where they want to be like it feels kind of like you know it is sort of the new whatever age you want to qualify right it's just taking us longer to get here um so we'll see, like, what aging and, and all that has in store for us, like, what it means culturally and socially as millennials get older. It should be interesting, although I feel very confident that we will all still be very horny as a generation. I thought you were so. going to say, I feel very confident. Maybe. It says extinction events, baby. That's we exactly what I thought
1: have, you were going to say. We have lower <laughs> rates of, like, sexual activity than, like, previous generations, though. Like, that's, like, science. Well,
0: yeah, because...
2: Self-reported, and it depends, or if you're, are you just going with conception, right? Because, like, yeah. we also can, we can also sit there and say, like, we can say, like, evaluate and, like, prove that millennials as a whole are also raw-dogging it a lot. Yeah, so, that's true. that's dumb. Knock that shit <laughs> off. <laughs> With like the growing rates of like gonorrhea and you know specifically bacteria b- resistant strains uh, of gonorrhea and chlamydia, fucking wrap that shit up, folks. I feel like that's why not everything is immediately cured I feel like
0: that's why Public the STD rates. From the Cocoon
1: podcast, episode. <laughs> I feel that's why that's <laughs> why the
0: STD rates are higher for older people is because it's like who gives a shit anymore? Like, like we're not having kids, so fuck it. Like, but you know, it's still a bad idea. Just wrap it up.
1: <laughs> well also they have that sweet medicare uh...
0: mm, see we need medicare for all that's the problem
1: so i want to explore with you two uh the two kind of relationships in the film like bernie um his wife passing away and then him choosing to stay on earth and then also joe and alma and mm-hmm. like their kind of relationship so what was what did you kind of take on What did those experiences and relationships make you feel
0: Bernie, it's, it's very hard, because that character is clearly designed to be, like, a big pain in the ass for, like, <laughs> a good portion of the movie. So I feel like with Bernie, he's uh, needlessly antagonistic in the movie, and it's not even really what he's saying, but how he's saying it. It's more just like, oh, he's a jerk, and he yells at everybody.
1: And then, like... And the movie punishes him by killing his wife.
0: It feels that way, man. It feels like it's like, ha-ha, fucker, you shoulda, you shoulda checked out the pool... And that's a little like it's a little harsh. It's not just harsh. It's it's very indicative of the the filmmaking, which is like, and the the whole third act is like we're kind of manipulative in how we pull the heartstrings at that point. Like it's not very it's not very thematically minded. It's more like I'm gonna fuck with the audience and make them feel things. And that's a little like, eh, come on. Uh, you, you said Joe and Elma.
1: Is yeah, that that's...
0: Jessica Tandy and? Yep, yep, yep. Okay, I mean their relationship's the most fascinating thing in the movie i also think like joe's cancer diagnosis is really fascinating and how it's handled in the movie but the problem is is the end of the movie and also i just really love the way jessica tandy's acting in this and i wish she was like a little more i mean i know it's like the guys find the pool and then they can mack it with their wives but like I wish their wives were a little more focused on in the movie. I don't know. They could tell their wives and then bring their wives to the pool. Yeah, I mean, Something.
2: women want to get horny, too.
0: That's what I'm saying. I mean, they go dancing and stuff, and they're they're in scenes and stuff, but it's more like they're along for the, the ride, which may actually be true, because the guys are the only ones going to the pool, but I don't know. Give give them a, you know. It's just classic, like, the women could use a little more agency, and yeah. just Katandy's so good, you know. The other women might have been really good. They're not in it as much as she is.
1: It's been a while you know. since I saw it now, but uh, Joe and Alma go with them on the spaceship, right?
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Bernie doesn't go. Yeah, yeah. Bernie doesn't. How do you feel about them going on the spaceship together? To me, this... I almost want to see like Joe do it alone. Like that felt more accurate Intruders character.
0: Well, but they, but Joe and Alma just reconciled about that would defeat the purpose of the scene where he says that he's either staying with her or going with her. Like he has to stay with her no matter what.
1: Yeah, that I know. It's whole... just her her she doesn't seem to have a lot of like 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 you speak to the underdevelopment of the female character. Oh, she's
0: not really fascinated with it. It's just she wants to go with Joe, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, that that that's how it felt right. to me. It more of I got the sense from that she was sort of at peace with where she was at and where she was going. I feel like
0: Joe should have just stayed home. That's what I feel like should've happened. I feel like Jessica Tanney should have been like, you pick that or you pick me, and he should have been like, okay, and then he should have stayed. Again, I want the movie to be sadder <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and fair. not not as childlike in its wonderful ending. It, it's it's a little too much. Um, I felt like Bernie should have gone. I mean, I know why he didn't go, and that's kind of the sadder thing. But, like, I feel like Bernie and Joe should have switched places. Like, Bernie should have been like, my wife's gone. What's there for me here anymore? Analogy is dying, probably, which, again, is kind of sad. But it's like that would make a little more sense. And he would get over his skepticism and, and his, you know, stubbornness. And Joe will accept he's gonna die to do to live the rest of the life the way he wants to. It makes more sense thematically, but the movie's yeah. like, ah, everybody gets to go to space. Come along, kids, for the ride. We'll have another movie in four years or whenever the fuck they did the
1: stupid sequel. <laughs> yeah, there's probably a one when everyone saw it or even thought about seeing it
0: they all just show back up and say hi we're back and then they leave again i wouldn't know i've never seen it but that's apparently a thing that happens
1: well now i'm really curious about the cocoon cinematic universe what else we can put in there
0: fucking hell you you know like we're talking about them making a movie like this and cinematic i'm kind of surprised they haven't remade this yet but that's
1: what i'm saying i don't understand how they could Not in the same way. They don't
0: care. They don't care about how they can. They just care about money.
1: I mean, sure, but like again, I was just so impressed with this film for the maturity and sensitivity and care that it demonstrates towards the subject of the the movie. Um, You don't
0: want a dark, gritty cocoon.
1: (laughs) I think I want something that is like an exploration of mortality, for sure. Mm -hmm. But again, I just appreciate that it. It, show, it gives us that exploration in a way that is, it's a bit sentimental at times, I'll give it that. On the whole, it shows older people wrestling with mortality in ways that we don't usually see stories doing, much less sci-fi. Sci-fi tends to be about like young people encountering mortality, like they encounter like, a fountain of youth, as young people and it drives them crazy you know they go through some kind of you know i'm thinking about some kind of star trek episode where a character ages suddenly and that's how they encounter mortality they see age this was as more like, like
0: inner light or whatever
1: let's see aging is like a super bad thing. yes this is more like you know inner light to experience hmm. the fullness of a life what would that be like uh, but to do so like inner light takes us from the journey of a whole per- whole person's life this film is about concerned about giving us the perspective of an old person. Steve Gutenberg is not like the primary entry point for the viewer into the film. Which I think is super interesting. Because you'd think that he would be for the audience, quote-unquote. I can't
0: really figure out why he's in this movie, man.
1: I think he's just there to, act, like, to boost the comic relief. And, you know, maybe there's some kind of like deal with him where he gets to make out with the um, attractive lady naked in the pool. Uh, Who knows? And, Steve and Gutenberg? on her. What, what blackmail he has on people. And... What nefarious connections he has. So anyways, I just was so impressed by the film's capacity to put us in the perspective of an older person and what that's like. Does it satisfy things? Does it resolve them in a way that's enjoyable or that's satisfying? Eh, not really. But it's yeah. still a cool adventure into that place.
0: Would you recommend it?
1: Absolutely. Highly recommend it. I think it's something that actually people, more people should see. It's not just a joke. Wilford Brimley is not just a joke, people. I'm, I'm not being facetious when I say that. Wilford Brimley is actually really fucking cool and that's what i'm discovering through this podcast with you all right and now
2: S- steve gutenberg is still kind of a joke but in this movie the one that you want to fuck he's so.
1: super lean holy shit anyway <laughs> uh with that we'll bring it to a close this evening uh where can we find you on social media
0: i am at refreshing time uh sending snake emojis to liz warren and i'm also at coriolis music
2: i'm at anime weed fart 69 and I'm usually just trying to avoid a breakdown on public.
1: You can find me at A Very Big Bear. Email the cast at secondstarcast at g- er, gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at secondstarcast. Um, next week we're going to be digging into this was not the order that I intended it in. We're gonna dig into Terminator 3 because we are just so interested in talking about <laughs> that particular film. Everyone here is really excited for this experience. We're looking forward to sharing that with you.
0: Who's everybody? What the fuck?
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, we'll see you all next week for Terminator 3. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful day.